Awoga, this is a dwarf cast. Good morning, gents. Welcome to GNT Towers. Good morning, Miss Performing Monkey. Hiya. Ooh, I'm really looking forward to today's dwarf cast. Me too. Let's head up to Broad Cunting House on the top floor to get started. But why do we need to go to a recording studio when this conversation is clearly being recorded? Shut up. Get in the lift. Right, top floor. What are we going to talk about in the dwarf cast then? Well, I thought we could do. Oh, oh, what the fuck? The lift's broken down. Wow, I didn't think that would happen. We could be stuck here for ages. What are we going to do? Well, I think the standard procedure is to reminisce about things that we've done in the recent past. Oh, that sounds tedious. Yes. Hey, Capsy, remember that time we interviewed Bill Pearson at the Red Dwarf 10 premiere? No, I wasn't there for that bit. Never mind, I remember it. I remember. I remember. I just finished on uh, the Tom Cruise movie, uh, which is... Uh, is it uh, <laughs> kill? All you need uh, is kill. All you need is kill. They uh. keep on changing the title. <laughs> um, it's science fiction. Uh, so when, when was it exactly that you got involved with Red Dwarf? Because we, we've heard a few different rumours about the, about the models this year. Yeah, I did, well, uh, Doug came along to me and he said, uh, do you want to see the snuff? Mm. He said, we're very worried. So they took me to on site. Uh, who supplied the cameras and all the editing facilities and said, uh, you know, they said, yeah, have a look, yep. see what you think. So I watched all the stuff and I said, this is absolute shite. <laughs> that was the technical term that they used. <laughs> and Doug said, it is, isn't it? He said, we've got six shots that we think we can use. Yeah. Out of a total of. Uh, well, when we finally did the reshoot, we had just under 200. Right. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but Doug said we've got six, and I had, I had a look at the stuff, uh, and I said, I don't think you've even got six. So Doug said, well, we've got, um, we've got this amount of money left, <laughs> and we've got about two or three days uh, to reshoot everything. So... We went back to square one, and uh, they, I mean the, the red epic cameras—they are—they're a big problem. I yeah. mean, Steve knows of those that they're hypercritical. So every bit of detail uh, when the boys made the, the the dwarf miniature years ago, yeah, you know, it was fine for thirty-five. Yeah. Uh, but every little scratch you know, was showing up on screen. So we had to sharpen it all up. And uh, also the model had been shortened yeah. to make it the stubby version. Uh, so there were light leaks everywhere. Uh, so, oh, nice, it's starting to rain now. Um, so we had our work cut out for us. Uh, the, the new ships that had been made were were not really up to standard. Right. So Doug said, you know, what can you do about them? And I I was lucky that I had some stuff on the shelf. And I said, 
how's this for an annihilator? I said, this looks quite vicious. And it was actually made for uh, Red Dwarf 12 years ago. We were right. trying to get a Christmas special off the ground. Right. And it, so it only took 12 years for this to appear. It, yeah, it seems like everything you've done on Red Dwarf has been last minute, no budget, oh, yeah. no time. Yeah, that's it. An escape, an, yeah. an, an escape pod <laughs> in Series A for a bottle of wine. But dear old Mel gave me 12 <laughs> bottles. So I can't, I can't knock that. Thank you, Mel. And, uh, uh, what else, other than Red Dwarf and the aforementioned Annihilator, uh, were you involved with in this series? I, well, in this series, it was uh, the miniatures. Yeah, that was it. Uh, before, I mean, of <laughs> counting this series, I've worked on five series of Dwarf. Mm. I started on four, five, six. Thank God I missed out on seven. Uh, then I did eight, and thank God I missed out on Back to Earth. That's more controversial than the No, no, it's just being honest. Yeah, but I like Back to Earth. Well, there weren't any miniatures on Back to Earth anyway. So what what I'm sort of getting at is a small green vehicle, small blue vehicle. No green. No green. Blue. Blue. Okay. <laughs> uh, we, well, you'll see, uh, we actually used the original uh, blue midget yeah. that had been made for Series 8. Uh, it had been kept in storage because Chris Veal had scanned it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the dance sequence with Danny, uh, uh, that was all digital. Yeah. So that miniature never appeared in the show at all. We got it out of storage, and uh, you know it was good stuff. Uh, but we felt, looking at the test with the Red Epic, we thought, oh god, we've really got to go in there and add more bits and pieces. So uh, we did that. We, of course, did a new paint job, mm-hmm. and Doug said, thank God, I can get really close on it. So you'll you'll see a, a lot of shots of the blue midget uh, we did not see a star bug at all That's so i think i think it was lost in a poker game oh, right. i think that's in the script <laughs> we're all really upset about it yeah yeah well we thought you know we were looking forward to it i made one years ago um for a, a quiz show on the box and it was it was sold recently as an original but yeah. it wasn't it was for a gabby roslin show called whatever you want yeah. it was a quiz show and the star bug was the prize right, yeah. so the one that came up recently uh, as far as I know was that one yeah so you could have used that if you if you hadn't, have, uh, if we if hadn't got been sold oh it's a terrible model I built it it, was, <laughs> it, it looked great on the show static but it would never have handled the filming not at all they had a thousand pounds for me to make it that was the budget. <laughs> Great. Uh, so what can one say? You know? uh, Steve Consultant contributed the, the explosions, which uh, you'll see, I, I believe tonight, what we've got is episode one, and then there is a trailer uh, for episode six, okay. the beginning. And that's where everything you see on the screen, I haven't seen it yet, so maybe I shouldn't say this, <laughs> but everything you see on the screen I made uh, so there's a lot of models in that, 
in the Steve's Big Bangs. Cool. So I hope you enjoy it all. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're most welcome. It's quite good. The lift's still broken though. Never mind. I also remember the time we interviewed Craig Charles later that evening. Brilliant. Alright, uh, quick word for Gunner Eden Titan. I had one of them, but some of them, oh, someone no. stole it. It's not this one, don't worry. <laughs> Have they got my name in the back? <laughs> Check if you want. It says Red Dwarf on the back, it's definitely mine. <laughs> How are we doing? Uh, good, thanks, you. Yeah, did you come to the filming a bit, did you? I've, yeah, I've, I've, seen, I've seen Trojan before. Ah, very, okay. very impressed. Oh, you liked it then? Oh, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Um, what do you think of it? Have you seen the full final episode yet? I've seen all six now, oh, so yeah. like, um, yeah, I'm chuffed to be honest. Yeah. It's like, it turned out better than I could have possibly imagined. Um, I think they're all really funny, and I think they look great. I think the cast are on fire, the writing's really good, and um, it's like back in the day, isn't it? Well, uh, we saw a sort of more serious side to, to your performance and Lister in Back to Earth. Yeah. What, what version of Lister are we seeing in, in Series 10? Well, see, Red Dwarf's been through many incarnations, really. It started out as a sitcom, became a sort of a, an adventure comedy, yeah. then became a sort of comedy drama. And then was kind of like quite filmic in that back to where it was like a comedy movie sort of thing, and now it's back to being a sitcom again, and that's what all four lads prefer doing, uh, being a sitcom, poncing around and being stupid in front of an audience and uh, trying to steal the laughs, and like, um, and that's and that's what that's what we did in this one. Like, so it's it's all about the characters and how they interact. It's not about the special effects. It's not about weird spacey ideas, mm. although. There's more than enough to shake a stick at. It's generally about how we all interact and how we get on together. Porridge in space. Oh, now it's grumpy old men in space. I have to push when I take a leak now. <laughs> terrible, 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 terrible thing. Terrible thing. Uh, you've got a reputation as being one of the one of the people who blabs the most about detail. So have you got any secrets that you'd like to share with us about this series or future I've got plans? A, I blab more than anyone else. Uh, well, Robert's running you close. But. Oh, <laughs> I, not being on Twitter or Facebook or anything like that, I think I, I, I blab the least, really. But um, there's some, some great stuff. He gets to, uh, to meet some great historical figures, mm-hmm. uh, very important ones. I get to meet my own dad. Uh, I get to have sex with a very unusual character. And, you know, you've got to give it to listener. You know what I mean? <laughs> Three million years, he's hardly had any. You know what I mean? So you know what I mean? Uh, so he gets to have, a, you know, and um, loads of laughs actually. Loads of laughs. Yeah, I mean, what about plans for after this series? Uh, do you think you'll be able to get away from Corrie again to do another one? Oh, well, I hope so. You know, I mean, things are, in, I mean, let, let's just get this all out of the way. Like, uh, I mean, uh, the rumours are that they want, they want an awful lot more. So, um, it's, you know, decisions that Granada have got to make with uh, UK TV and all that. I, I'm quite happy in both roles, and um, why wouldn't I be, you know? So, as long as I can keep my, my um, life going the way I want it to go, then I'm just dead happy. I'd hate to be, this to be the end of Red Dwarf because it's just coming right back into form, do you know what I mean? For a new generation. Thank you very much. Thank you, dear boy. Cheers. Give me Enjoy. my jacket back. <laughs> and also, do you remember the time that we interviewed Doug Naylor? Well, again, I wasn't there, but I do remember that you fucked it up by acting like a timid fangirl. Fuck off. Hey! Can I have a quick word for Gunner Mead and Titan? Yeah, sure. Hey, you excited about tonight? Yes, very excited. Yes. So you'll be glad to get it all over with broadcast tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've been waiting a long time to get this done. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us more about Red Dwarf Ten. Um, it's the four boys on the ship, um, back to basics. Um, vis effects are there more in show six than probably most of the other shows, um, and the reaction so far has been, you know, really, really, really positive. Uh, skipping ahead a little bit. Um, 
we uh, saw an interview with you the other day where you were talking about you dropped a couple of episodes uh, yeah. from this run. Yeah. What are the plans for after Series 10? Um, well, hopefully Series 11, that's not been um, fully commissioned yet, mm. but the signs are really promising. Uh, and whether we'll be able to go back and do those shows, we don't know right now. Uh, it's something that we'll look at at the time. But having said that, um, probably dropping those two episodes has resulted in a more uh, back-to-basics type vibe for this series. So we kind of half stumbled on that. Um, so that's probably how we'll continue. And with um, episode six being sort of semi-adapted from the movie script, yeah. what does that mean for the movie script? The, the, the movie, movie script's in a mess. It's basically <laughs> some, some holes in it. Yeah. Um, but having said that, I did like 35 drafts. There were so many damn drafts. Uh, and, and the bits I took from the movie were uh, things that we could obviously sh shoot um, within the confines of what we had. Um, so um, it doesn't mean that we can't do um, a movie. Uh, at some point. All right. Well, I'll right. let you go in. Well, this is Thanks very much. All the Well, we've reminisced about three of our five interviews already, and this lift hasn't budged a smegging inch. We're trapped in a lift, you'll remember. Yes. It's all right, though. These last interviews are far too long. You must remember the time we interviewed Rebecca Blackstone. No, I wasn't allowed to go that whole restraining order business. I knew you were going to say that. Can you predict future conversations like what Rebecca's character Pre can do? No, it was just a really obvious joke. Oh, very well. Um, so we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, mm -hmm. so we haven't seen the final episode yet, but have you seen it? I have not seen it. No? I have not seen it. The promo was the first I had seen of any of it, so that was pretty pretty exciting, intimidating, and nerve-wracking all at the same Did, time. Do you think it looked good, though? I think it's hard to kind of distance myself from... I, th I thought everything looked good. I thought it, like, fit in with everything, but there's something disturbing about seeing yourself uh, in that context. So I think I, I think it looked cool, like, and, and, you know, obviously the guys are amazing and everything like that, but I think I, it's hard to not be critical. Have a 20-foot version of your face. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. <laughs> I remember Doug mentioning that, that it was going to be, like, huge. And I just couldn't imagine it. And then when I saw it, I thought, ha oh, ha, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, were you familiar with Red Dwarf before you took the part? Well, I had definitely heard of Red Dwarf. I had seen um, some of it. I think I wasn't um, kind of aware of the, of, the, of the grandness of it until, um, until really I got on board. And I think... As a result, I didn't want to overwhelm myself with with like the what it meant yeah. essentially. So like when I walk, I, I didn't want to walk onto set and just want to cry from <laughs> how exciting everything was. So I think while I was aware of it, I certainly um, have become much more aware of it now and and how awesome it is yeah. and also the fan base how amazing they are and all of that so you weren't aware then that um playing a computer on red dwarf there's there's been other people that have played computers in the past and stuff well i definitely did my research so when i got the audition through i did a lot of research and watched a bit of hattie mm. and uh to get a sense of kind of what that was like but i also didn't want to get 
because I knew this was a new yeah. incarnation of the computer. I didn't want to kind of employ too many of those things, I guess. And I, I just, I don't know. I kind of went from the writing, but I did know. And now I'm even more aware, obviously. Yeah. So I know that stuff now. <laughs> um, how did you get on with the four main actors? They're amazing. They're amazing. Uh, I rode in the car with Danny a lot of the days to set, and that was really cool. Um, I love them all. I mean, they're so kind and and funny. I think I intimidated Chris a bit because I was really excited about everything, and I have this tendency to, when I'm really excited, kind of go into weird accents and be a little bit insane, and I think I probably... I had a lot of, you know, caffeine as well. So I probably was just a big ball of crazy energy, which um, which they were receptive to because they're oh, lovely good. men. But I think I probably was a bit like, oh, blah, 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 uh, like a little chihuahua or something. Um, how about Doug? Um, what was he like as a director? Doug is awesome. Um, he's really, he just kind of lets you, at least for me, he just kind of let me do my thing. And he's... He just has really good ideas. He, you can sense... I mean, my character was quite... Quite sort of set. There wasn't... Yeah. There wasn't... I didn't have as much room to kind of land certain jokes or there there wasn't as much responsibility of that on, on my shoulders, which I'm grateful about. And Pre was just very kind of like straightforward and computer. And... So I didn't quite get to interact with Doug on the level of like this joke or that joke or but he's very comforting and calming and because I was pretty nervous about the the live studio audience yeah. that was like terrifying but very exciting and he just kind of said just keep doing what you've been doing and I felt like I was in really good hands the entire time. Well, my, my next question was going to be about the studio audience. <laughs> Terrifying <laughs> is the answer. But um, you're sort of from a theatre background, aren't you? So? I am from a theatre background. Uh, most of I've been acting and been doing theatre since I was six. So you would think that those skills would translate to a live studio audience, especially when I've done bigger productions before in front of really big houses. And I think. Because I was kind of, I didn't get to see the audience. Mm. I had to be in my own little section of it so I could hear them. And it was, it was like they're just there, but they're so far away, but they're right there. And so I think, because I did in theater, you get that moment where the first time you walk out on stage, even though you're so nervous, your adrenaline is pumping, 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 and then you step on stage and you see the audience and the second you see the audience everything just goes away and you're just like this is cool but I think because I was at that point even more aware of Red Dwarf and 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 what it meant that there was a whole new season and the the energy of the live studio audience I felt this even kind of further push of adrenaline and so when I didn't get to see them or interact with them and like put faces on this this like noise level and also know that I was playing a computer and there was just this kind of pressure of am I gonna mess this up and everything and and it was really wordy kind of things and I was speaking very quickly so I was just really scared that I was gonna mess it up or the audience was gonna hate me or you know just kind of the usual yeah, the usual. Fierce. But yeah, you would think that 
having done theater, I'd be like, yeah, whatevs. <laughs> it's just people. But it was it was pretty intimidating. Well, also the camera. Yeah, right in, in the face. Well, on the night, we weren't sure whether you were there because you were sort of hidden behind the set and uh, we saw you on monitors not blinking, staring straight ahead. <laughs> yeah, I think I was just so nervous and I realised that because I didn't know when my monitors were on and when they weren't mm. on. So I think I... Um, I remember just feeling like whatever you do, don't blink and don't move your head. And then I remember at one point someone kind of jumped out of line order and mm-hmm. I just didn't know what to do from then. And then I remember I just kind of dropped it. And also I messed up, so I had to start over again. But I think it was just kind of the fear and the nerves just kept me completely like, stare straight ahead, yeah. don't move. Yeah. Um, moving on to a, a few specifics about the episode. Do you think that Pre is a baddie, or is she just misguided? <laughs> uh, I think that she is just really big on doing what she's programmed to do. Uh, I think she just takes everything so literally, so you can't really fault someone, I guess, for wanting to follow protocols to the T. Mm-hmm. Um so, I think she could be perceived as a baddie, but do I think she's a baddie? No. I think she's a very complex, three-dimensional computer <laughs> who just kind of was following orders. Yeah. Um, did you have uh, cue cards in front of you for some of those speeches? No. No? no. to be all from memory. Mm-hmm. Th- I think that's probably where the theatre background helps, is that I'm used to memorising Mm. Lots of stuff, but it was really difficult to memorize that. Yeah. Um, when you first read the script, did you, as Rebecca, um, manage to keep up with Pre's logic? Because she's always three steps ahead of everyone, everyone watching, and everyone in it. I think I just kind of took it for what it was. So I did find her, you know, hard to keep up with, certainly, but I just kind of went. I guess with the flow of it. Yeah. But, yeah, she's... She is intense. <laughs> she is. And, uh, finally, are you looking forward to the episode going out? I really am. I think it'll be really fun. Everything that happens in the episode, like, all of Craig's stuff is hilarious, and Chris and Bobby and Danny, like, they're all amazing. And there was just so much comedy gold like going on that I just like to see I'm a bit nervous about seeing my stuff but like everything else I'm super excited (laughs) for Uh, and will you be watching the rest of the series of course yeah once you're a red dwarf you don't go back y'all so that's That's what we like to but (laughs) yeah (laughs) essentially yes I think I'm now invested wholeheartedly in red dwarf and I'm in love with it and We can exclusively announce on this Dwarfcast that you will be appearing at the next Dimension Jump. I will, and I'm very much looking forward to it. So. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you again there. Up now. Thanks very much. Thank you so much. Hmm, I reckon this lift will start moving in around about the time it takes to play in another interview. Oh, well, we've got one left. You've got to remember this one. You're in it. No, I'm not. Really? Who's that fat bearded bloke? That was Stephen Wickham. Oh. So, Stephen, hello. Hello. 
Hello. Uh, you were Lister's golf bride back in Series 6. Yes. You're now a garbage guzzler in mm. Series 10. Uh, what was it like returning after a 19-year absence? Well, I mean, obviously it's a huge thrill. I never expected that Red Dwarf would come back again. I think, like a lot of people, didn't expect that it would reappear. But to discover that there was going to be a new series and for me to be asked to be in it, mm. I mean, what a thrill and what an honour that is. Uh, less Doug, you know, he's put creatures in and... <laughs> There I am again, in the latex and the fur, and not speaking English. First choice creature. Well, well, I mean, it, okay, it's a bit of a long story if you want it. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm thinking back. I went to a convention, Dimension Jump, Jump. Yep. last year, which is where Doug announced the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, made the big announcement. Everyone was thrilled. It was fantastic. And at the same convention. There was a panel that Craig was doing with uh, Danny, question and answer with the audience, and I was sitting at the back watching. And somebody raised their hand, asked a question, something along the lines of, as your Gelf bride is here, because last, at the last Dimension Jump you had a snog with Kachansky on stage, <laughs> would you like to have a snog with your wife? <laughs> so of course, yeah, I'm game for a laugh, we got up on stage, did a bit of business, and I did the hug and the kiss, and... Doug was there, and I know he tweeted about it. Mm-hmm. Did a, a, a tweet straight away saying, you know, 20 tons of gelf snogging on stage or something, what fun. Something along those lines. And um, whether that put gelfs into his mind yeah. for the new series, or whether he had them in mind to begin with, and, uh, you know, thought of me because we'd met again after 18 years, I don't know. That's a question for Doug. Yeah. But that's kind of, I think, how it started we kept in touch he told me whether this is true or not that he has the old Gelf costume in his office at Shepparton <laughs> ward off intruders right so I said well you know I'd love to come and see it sometime if it's the old one you know come and have a look he said fine you know uh, so I got back in touch a couple of months later but he was really busy at the time mm. and so we never did get round to organising it but he did say that the new series is coming along well brackets gelfs are in it <laughs> you know so I didn't know whether that meant I'm telling you that gelfs <laughs> are in it and that's the end of the story or what <laughs> um, so in terms of the production and the sort of the actual making of the show what are the key differences between 93 and 2012 well the key differences was I was there for a week in 1983 93 93 yeah. big apart 93 and it was a week, so therefore you turned up at the studio on the first day. Uh, you rehearsed, so you worked it out. You had mm. days rehearsing it. The stuff outside in the village was shot overnight, one, perhaps the Wednesday or Thursday, I think. I can't yeah. quite remember. And then the studio a couple of days later. So you're there for an entire week working on it, creating it, creating the character and making it as funny as possible. This, it was kind of learn your lines and turn up. because that is now how television is you don't really get rehearsal time you just kind of do turn up learn your lines stand there do it and get on with it so and of course we did it in front of a studio audience live last time Mm -hmm. a lot of the scenes were live like in the uh, the hut you know meeting the chief and the, the daughter and all of that was all live as was in my hut with with Craig, mm-hmm. you know, and the seduction scene. Yeah. It was all live in front of the audience. 
But this time round, the Delph stuff, or Begs, I should beg your pardon, the Begs, this time, uh, was recorded the day, a couple of days before the studio, yeah. so they could show it on the monitor to the audience and get the laughs. Were you disappointed at all that you didn't? Very. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Very disappointed. I would have loved to have done the audience thing. Uh, so I did turn up, I came to watch the recording. We spotted you in the audience <coughs> yeah, and thought, oh, I recording. think we're getting golfs tonight. <laughs> well, yeah, some people did know who I was but didn't know why I was there. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, the warm-up guy, Ray. Ray Peacock, yeah. Ray um, introduced me at the end, so I did get a, a bow yeah. and said <laughs> I was the girl's bride, so people oh, made a connection <laughs> in their minds. But no, it was disappointing. I can't say I was disappointed not to be there I loved being there every second of it but yeah. it would have been nice to just do it yeah with the audience get the laughs yeah get the laughs at the time rather than have the laughs and the pauses edited later mm. yeah if you see what I mean yeah squeeze everything in um, because just thinking back to that initial the first episode the polymorph one with the Gelf Bride the moment where you know I'm seducing Craig if that was done without an audience, would have been so much more different mm. than having the audience laughing. So you pause and you get more into it. Yeah, it gives you a chance to tailor your performance. Exactly, to tailor the pauses and the laughs. And for the little look that I did, you know, when they talk about the girl's bride, she's the daughter, and I mm. did a kind of sort of look at the camera, <laughs> yeah. you know. Did all that. That only comes because you're getting laughs and they react to what you're doing, so you do more. Mm. Uh, it perhaps would have been a little creepy without an audience laughter there when you're <laughs> pinning Craig down. Yes, I suppose it might have looked a little sinister. But the point is it was funny. Yeah. And because it was funny, people remember it fondly, which I'm hugely proud of. And I hope people will like this one. In terms of the characters, uh, the two different characters that you played, they're similar. Obviously, there are different species, but they're also different personalities. So sure. How did you... How do you what two different approaches did you well, take? Well, I mean, obviously one is genetically engineered, one is biologically engineered. Can you tell me if there's any difference? <laughs> I really don't know. The Begs, the biologically engineered garbage guzzlers, are a much more... Uh, what's the word I want to me? They're, they're not a very nice race. No. Whereas there's something slightly endearing about the Gelfs. Yeah. These are a bit more sinister, a bit more unpleasant... They do eat anything, mm-hmm. and as you will have seen, yep. one hopes, <laughs> if it hasn't been edited out by now, <laughs> um, you know, us just kind of eating wires and stuff and bits and pieces. Um, so they're not as pleasant, but they're still the, hopefully, they're still humorous and still funny. Mm. They get a little more, which you will have seen, dialogue in English at this time around. Yeah. Because the particular gelf that as you would have seen on the show, um, learnt a little English, mm. because he once ate an Englishman. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so that made a slight difference, instead of just the, the, the Gelf or Big speak only, to kind of slide in a bit of English, which was fun to try and get in a, in a humorous way. Mm. So that's a, an obvious difference. Obviously, if it's the colour, they kind of looked slightly different. There's, you know, they did try to get a bit of... An alternate look on them. Yeah. 
well, so it wasn't just oh it's Gelfs again in Red Dwarf history there's been different types of Gelf and they're yeah. not all at the same so it's just it's another subset of the species I think yeah sure I think you justify that sure absolutely I mean there are going to be genetically or biologically engineered creatures of all sorts yeah, of all types everywhere. these ones are bluer and hairier and much more <laughs> unpleasant and covered in more covered in uh, more warts uh, well speaking of which how long did that makeup job take the new one mm. uh, not as long as I thought it would actually it only took about an hour yeah first one old Akak took a good four hours mm. sitting in the makeup chair being layered on because it was like half a rubber face then with then lots of beard and hair and warts stuck on makeup on the arms because there was a lot more of the arms showing and hair took about four hours really so this time round there was a lot more costume yeah Uh, so only the hands had to be made up the the rubber mask was a more complete thing with chin so it was a whole face Mm -hmm. mask that was glued on and then worked on yeah uh, you know, with a mouth cut out and the eyes open, and it wasn't as big an ordeal as the last time round. No. It really wasn't. Still fairly hot, though. I should imagine. Still fairly hot. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it was all in studio this time round, so of course it was warm. And it's odd when we were sort of sitting round at one point discussing how we were going to do the scene because you don't rehearse; you just do it. Sitting round a table, you know, with the four guys and Doug and mm. Richard, um, Naylor. Uh, discussing it, and I'm in full makeup and costume. <laughs> and it's it was you know it's weird. What can I say? It was it was funny. Method it's acting. Funny. Yeah, it's funny. Um, what's Doug like to work with as a director? Obviously, you knew him as a writer yeah. and a producer. But... Yeah, um, he's very he's very relaxed about it. Mm. He kind of he expects you to know what you're doing. Yeah. So if you haven't got a clue how you're going to do something, then it's going to take a lot longer so you know I kind of knew what we were going to do I did a kind of genetic uh, general Gelf voice which was worked and was what was wanted so it's fine uh, when we were shooting the scene obviously you try it a few different ways but everyone everyone tends to pitch in with ideas yeah. you know that's not funny why don't you try saying that instead or look like this do that it, it's an organic thing that's good. And there was lots of work on it. In fact, as they are in all scenes. As you probably would have seen, yeah. you know, you've seen some of the recordings, of course, so you know how a scene can take a while because something doesn't quite work. Yeah. Or they might tack a different gag on the end or whatever. Yeah. Um, how- so, you know, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a lovely guy. He's a, he's a very clever, intelligent chap. He knows what he's doing. But what did surprise me was how... The gags were movable. Mm. If it wasn't working in studio, then you'd sit round a table for ten minutes, thrash out a few ideas, yeah. and come and up with that... a be- come up with a, another gag, yeah. which works better. That's very interesting. It's it's a very democratic process. Okay. Uh, how did you get on with the the main four cast members? As you must have. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. lovely. I mean, I've bumped into them over the years. You know, the odd co- the odd convention things or signing sessions somewhere or other and I have you know seen them here and there and mm. had a quick hello for the last whatever it is 18 years or yeah. however long it's been since the last time so 
It was absolutely lovely just coming back. Uh, they are like a family. They know each other so well, the guys. Mm-hmm. They know how they think, they know what they're going to say. You've probably by now had them all doing impressions of each other. Yep. I would guess. <laughs> and, yeah, you just are made welcome. The crew, they're all, they're all wonderful professionals. They know what they're doing. And it was lovely seeing people back, you know, the costume designer. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you know you've got the guy doing the, how I do the music. and It's just, it was like old times in yeah. a way. But, you know, updated and more, more brisk. Mm. But it definitely to you felt like a continuation of the same show that you'd worked on oh, all those years ago. Yeah. Funnily enough, I think, I don't know what you guys out there listening to this think, but uh, I watch on HD, mm. HD TV and HD Box. And um, it looks super splendid in HD. Yeah. And not as grotty and dirty and grungy as it did in the old days. But that's HD television for mm. you, isn't it? You know, it makes it makes everything look shiny and new. And when you when you can see a newsreader's makeup, you know you're watching the, <laughs> the highest possible definition. Or just sitting too close to the TV. Uh, well, there's that too. Yes, I do tend to sit two inches away from my television. Uh, it is, yeah... It's, a, it's an extraordinary thing and um, it is the same series and it mm. looks it's a little glossier it's a little you know it's updated yeah lots of lovely little touches like in Lemons last week when he was frying up the meat on that wonderful counter that was glowing red <laughs> you wouldn't have got that 18 years ago no. <laughs> and now you can do it so why not uh, that said that you know the sleeping quarters uh, is still made from Ikea cutlery yeah. drawers and still everything's done on the cheap yeah, and you know, uh, it, cheap it, and cheerful it somehow looks I mean it was a bigger set yeah wasn't it I don't know whether you noticed that the sleeping quarters bit with that wonderful sort of chair sitting on it with the yeah it looked like the back of a car chair so there's a bit more room to move mm. in it uh, yeah it was I mean I thought it looked it looked terrific although there was only one corridor yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many corridors they use in the episode, but there was only one walked, made. Walk to one end, turn the, the camera around. Exactly, <laughs> round, yes, at the back of the set. Yeah. Have you been watching the uh, the rest of the series mm. so far? I have. You think? I've been glued to it. I'm loving it. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I loved the lemons last week. Yeah. That was a brilliant, a brilliant concept. I do like the way now you get something thrown in at the beginning, which mm. comedically gets tied up at the end. Yeah. You know, yeah, and you get a big laugh out of that because you know, the way it does tie up, it's very clever. To be honest, I don't know how this episode, because I haven't seen it yet while yeah. we're recording this podcast, that will be on tomorrow. But the episode Entangled, I don't know how it ends. <laughs> because as you will <laughs> as you will testify, Ian, that the episode wasn't finished no. on the night of the recording. There was a good five-minute chunk at the end. There was a five-minute chunk that hadn't been done, hadn't been filmed, which was going to be done later. So all we've seen is the monkey business, and it kind of ended there for us on recording night, didn't it? So I hope it has a funny end. (laughs) It would be a disappointment if it doesn't. So you'll be just as glued as the rest of us on Thursday night. I will be just as glued, yeah. Yeah, Just as glued to that, and then just as glued to Twitter afterwards. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hoping that everyone is kind. Do be kind, folks. And um, and do love each other and have a nice time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I shall be absolutely glued. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to get a takeaway beforehand. Yep. Although it'll be Chinese, not, um, not Indian. Not a curry. 
and settle down and enjoy. Good. And I'm hoping everyone else has done the same. Well, uh, good luck with that, and uh, I hope you enjoy. But for now, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And now the lift should start working. Any moment. Any moment. Now. Nothing's happening. Quick, reminisce about something else. We didn't do any more interviews. Shit. Uh, let's just wait for it to move, then. Hooray! Hooray! Nearly at the top floor now. I know. Top floor. Broadcunting house. Right. Let's go and record this dwarf cast. Oh no! We've spent so long in the lift, the broadcunting house is now closed for the day. Bollocks! We'll just have to put this out then. Surely there's something else we can tag on to the end. Well, we've got this ten second clip that's single-handedly the best thing that Ganymede and Titan has ever achieved, but we've already played that in the last five dwarf casts. Well, let's play it again. Alright. Thank you for listening to GNT Dwarfcast, and we hope sometime in the future you'll decide to listen to our Dwarfcast again. Have a safe onward journey. Goodbye. Goodbye.